Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Welcome to R slash True Off My Chest, where OP has one of the craziest wives I've ever read about. Our next Reddit post is from Competitive G. My husband got a husband stitch behind my back, and a year later, I can't get over it. For those who don't know what a husband stitch is, it's an extra stitch done on the vagina after birth to make it tighter for the husband. I'm a 25-year-old woman who gave birth a year ago. My husband, who's 34, is a surgeon at the hospital where I delivered, and he was asked by his colleague, my OBGYN, if he wanted an extra stitch. My husband said yes because he thought that it would make passionate hugging better for the both of us. I didn't notice because I was out of it, but I was in a lot of pain afterwards. Since this was my first kid, I wasn't sure if this was normal or not. I kept asking the nurses, who told me that it might be because of a husband stitch. I asked the nurse what that was, and she explained it to me. I thought at first that my doctor had just done it without consulting anyone and I wanted to report him. But then my husband said that he agreed to it. I felt violated. This wasn't the first time that a man violated my body. I was a molestation victim as a child. But this was the first time that it was caused by someone I loved. When I talked to my husband about it, he was extremely angry. He said that he did it for the both of us, and he didn't think that it was such a big deal and that he didn't know that it would cause issues. I pointed out that he's a neurosurgeon, not an OBGYN. The fight got ugly. I screamed at him to get out, and in the end, I had to be sedated. I had the same reaction every time he tried to see me. So for the whole three weeks that I was in the hospital recovering, I didn't see my husband. Now, my son has turned over a year old, and things between us are non-existent. I only talk to my husband about our son. We sleep in different rooms, and I don't let him so much as kiss me. My husband is extremely remorseful, especially after he saw how much it affected my recovery. He genuinely thought that it was okay, because his colleague presented it as, it would make the passionate hugging better. But why would me being tighter feel better for me? It only feels good for the man. My husband has asked for couples therapy, which I refused. I've taken up freelancing, so I'm making some of my own money. My husband thinks that I'm doing that because I plan on leaving him, because I was initially dependent on him. He's partially right. I don't see myself getting over this. I'm no contact with my family, and I live in his country. I have no friends but his friends, no family but his. Everything is on me to make things right. His friends and family say that he was wrong, but that I can't hold one mistake over his head. 
My current country isn't exactly known for women's rights. Killing women is more common here than you might think. I am also on a spouse's visa. I can't leave him until my son is at least old enough to remember me. Because if I leave, there's a 90% chance that I'll lose custody. What should I do in the meantime to make our relationship bearable? Man, I really don't know what's worse here. The husband secretly subjecting his wife to a surgery that she didn't consent to, or the doctor, a medical professional, doing the surgery without asking his patient first. At minimum, the husband in this story deserves to be divorced, and the doctor deserves to be disbarred. And if the husband is so upset that they can't passionately hug anymore because it's too tight, then maybe the solution is that he should go under the knife to make his penis smaller. Then it'd be a better fit. Also, someone in the comments pointed out that, legally speaking, this is considered female genital mutilation, and it's illegal in 51 countries. Man, all I can say is, good luck, OP. You've really got cards stacked against you. Your husband's a douchebag, the medical system is misogynistic, and the laws are not in your favor, so I just don't understand how this can possibly end well for you. Our next Reddit post is from Majestic Life. My fiancé is reconsidering our marriage after visiting my home country. To start, I come from a small island in the Caribbean which is part of the U.S. I moved to the U.S. five years ago, just after graduating university and I landed a job here. Since day one, my fiancé has been romanticizing what it's like to live in a tropical paradise that is my country. I love my country and I was raised there, but it's not even close to a paradise. Of course, it does have its charms, but it's not close to that level. Well, we were planning our honeymoon, and she wants to stay on that island for two weeks and travel around the island. I am not fond of that idea, because I've seen it all, and she wants to visit the not-safe areas around the island. The main place she wants to visit is this area that's shown in a huge music video, but it's not a safe place for tourists. So I said, fine, let's just do a quick visit before our wedding so we can see what's going on. She immediately accepted, and one month later we traveled to my home country. She was not impressed, but I kept my mouth shut. We arrived at the place, and I already knew that it was going to be extremely hot that day. I tried to convince her not to go, but she insisted on going. The locals are eyeing us, and my mind is screaming that we shouldn't be here. Not even three feet in, and two guys confronted us. She started talking with her broken Spanish, which just made things worse. I tried to calm down the situation and we left soon after. I kept my mouth shut, even though I wanted to tell her, told you so, because this was stupid from the start. On our way back home, she didn't say a thing, even after I tried to open conversation. Well, today, one week after we arrived, she left her ring at the nightstand with a note telling me that she needs some time. I fear this might be the end of it all. She never does these kinds of things. And then OP posted an update where he says, She called off the engagement. I don't know what to do. Probably just drink by myself while I play some Halo with the boys before crying myself to sleep. See ya. Okay, down in the comments, people seem pretty convinced that the video she watched was Desposito. So OP, you had a girl who based her entire life, her relationship, the father of her future kids on the Desposito music video. So if you ask me, you're better off without her. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway. My wife and I have been married for 11 years, together for a few years before that, and we've known each other for over 20 years. She's 37 and I'm 38. We met online when she was 16 and still in high school, and I was 17 and just starting college. My wife's name is Connie. 
Connie and I lived several states away, and at first, there was some attraction on her part, but I just wanted to stay friends. Over several years, we grew closer and decided to have a long-distance relationship. I was always awkward with girls in high school, and it continued into adulthood. With Connie, things just felt natural. After a couple years, when we were talking about meeting in person, she destroyed me. She let me know that she had been having multiple other online relationships and that one of these men came to meet her and she wanted to be with him. Looking back, the smart thing to do would have been to end the story there. But nearly a year later, she reached out to me, saying that she was sorry and that she missed our friendship. I decided to give our friendship another chance, and for a while, it worked. She had a couple other relationships. We would talk and text regularly, but over time, the old feelings came back. I admitted them to her, and she said that she felt the same. We decided to give things another shot. Eventually, she came to visit me, and then we would alternate visits. We talked about her coming to live with me, and she did. She worked for a national chain store, so the plan was for her to simply transfer locations, but she didn't do that. Instead, she just quit. After she made a couple of attempts at finding work, she asked if she could stay at home and take care of the house, cook, clean, etc. I agreed since we didn't really have many expenses. She also refused to get her own bank account, instead using mine and calling everything our money. Looking back, the red flags were so blatantly obvious, but I was young and in love. She never cleaned and rarely cooked. Instead, we ordered out most of the time, wasting any money that I'd saved. We got several pets at her insistence. She begged me for over a year to get her pregnant because she wanted a baby. I said that I wanted to get married first, which is what ended up happening. When my daughter was an infant, we bought a house to have more space. She also wanted to live closer to one of her World of Warcraft friends, who we'll call Aaron. Because of Aaron, I learned of her fixating behavior. She'll find a male friend online, become besties with them, and then eventually find someone else. After Aaron, it was Roy. Roy lived further away, but he was in a bad relationship with his own wife and suicidal. Connie begged me to let him come stay with us until he could get on his feet, admitting that she'd already invited him. Defeated, I agreed, since I didn't want to make someone homeless. He lived with us for a year before he was able to get a job. Jesus, he's still living with us nearly nine years later. And to be quite honest, it's because of him that I haven't gone completely insane yet. Connie still barely does any housework. Roy does dishes, laundry, and yard work. All of it. He doesn't pay rent, but Connie has access to Roy's bank account and regularly spends his money to the point of overdraft. During this time, I've mostly separated my money from her. I have a bank account that she doesn't have access to with some savings that I use to pay our bills. If I didn't do this, then she would overdraft me as well. Some of my paycheck goes into a shared account for her, which she regularly overdrafts. After Roy lived here for a while, she found another man to be friends with, and the cycle continued. We have two kids now, and she barely spends any time with them. She instead prefers to smoke weed, which is legal here, and play video games for the entirety of the day. Sometimes she cooks, sometimes she'll even straighten up a bit. However, she has filled my house to the brim with clutter. Every room has boxes and boxes of useless garbage, some of it untouched. 
I knew that she had mental health issues when we were dating, but they've gotten worse. And with the use of TikTok, she's weaponized them against me. Every time I criticize her for ordering stuff we don't need, such as groceries we already have or junk that we'll never use, she defends herself by saying that she has ADHD and it's a symptom. She probably does have ADHD, but she's undiagnosed. She won't go to a psychiatrist for it. Her doctor prescribed her antidepressants, which have helped, but not with everything. The thing is, I have other friends with ADHD. They view it as a part of them which needs to be addressed and worked through. She sees it as an excuse to do whatever she wants without consequences. Recently, we went on vacation, and she asked her latest friend, who's recently divorced and looking for jobs in our area, if he could stay at our house while we were away. Roy would also be there. I agreed, since it felt bad to make him spend several thousand dollars a week on a hotel room. He's still here, and it's been weeks! He's done some Zoom interviews, and occasionally does DoorDash to make some extra cash, but he's still here. We'll call him Joe. Connie and I have hit a breaking point, and we're talking about divorce. After a long conversation, she admitted that she sees nothing wrong with her behavior, and finds it aggravating that I try to fix her. I realize that there's nothing for me in this relationship anymore. She also admitted to having feelings for Joe and that he's in love with her. The problem now is money. We have a $60,000 mortgage and we just bought a new car. She wants to keep, oh my god, she wants to keep both the house and the car when we split. I'm fine. What? What am I reading? I'm fine with this because I would rather live somewhere that isn't full of her garbage and I don't drive. But she can't pay for them and no bank in their right mind would give her a loan to buy me out. Even if they did, she couldn't pay it on her own. Either Roy or Joe or both would be paying for it. I want to be done with this relationship so badly, but I feel like I'm trapped here. My kids love their school and I don't want to make them move. I'm more than happy to get my name off the house in the car, get some money from the equity and start over. It would be great to take my kids each weekend and actually do things with them, but I don't see a path to get there. I feel trapped in my own house, which is becoming increasingly full of my wife's pets, both human and otherwise, as well as all of her garbage. Even though I want out, I still love Connie, in a way, and I don't want to hurt or destroy her, even though it's probably better than what she deserves. She was the one who broached the topic of divorce, but now she gets sad regularly thinking about it, and she's confused as to why I'm so often upset with her. All the stress of having her, Roy, and Joe, and two young children is eating away at me. I feel ashamed of the divorce. Ashamed that I couldn't fix her. Ashamed that I couldn't put my foot down and say no. Ashamed that there are multiple people living in my house that I don't want there. I haven't told my extended family or friends yet, though I'm going out with a friend tomorrow and I plan to tell them. We haven't told the kids either. It's all eating me up inside, but just typing this out has helped. OP, um, Jesus Christ, I don't even know what to say here. I'm going to opt for tough love because I feel like you need some tough love. You are living on a completely different planet from the rest of us. You have no backbone whatsoever. You are a complete doormat. If my wife, oh my God, just thinking about this. Yo, what the f***? If my wife asked me if a man that she's never met and that I've never met could come live with us for a while along with our kid in the same house as our kid while he looks for jobs, that would be the end of our relationship that day. I would take my daughter. I would leave the home. I would file for custody. 
That's a normal response. That's what a normal person does in the situation. You let her do that not once, but twice? You let her bring in two random weird men to live in your house around your kids? OP, buddy, my friend, pal, you have got to grow a backbone. Kick those men out of your house because they don't live there, they don't pay rent, divorce your wife, take the house, take the car, clean all the junk out, and just try to live a normal life with your kids and without your wife's baggage. Your wife is like an iron anchor with a chain that's been wrapped around your neck and is dragging you to the bottom of the ocean. And you're like, well, I still love her and I don't mind giving her the car in the house. Dude, buddy, yo, you, you gotta get out of here. Like OP is saying, I feel stuck. I feel trapped. While he, while he has a plank of wood in one hand and a hammer and nail in the other, and he is literally building a trap around him. OP, you've built this life. Obviously, your wife has done a lot of the damage here, but you're enabling her every single step along the way. You've got to stop, my friend. You have got to move on. That was our slash true off my chest. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.